You're a little crooked. Make it straight. Two minutes. Not good. All right. Good morning. Which field? I don't think I saw it. Sorry. All right. Are we good? We're ready to go? So, right before I got to Sheer, I got this text. It's incredible, this thing. To me, Hi Rebelli from Eitan Ogoric here. Like I told you last week, I've been writing you an email ever since the beginning of Bracha, still haven't finished it. Well, I'm in New York. My mom was Nifter on Friday. His mother's Nifter on Friday, and he's writing me a text. That's how attached he is. He, he's the guy that I said I have to give him a big hug because I never really said hello to him through, through the first few months of this year. And then I saw him on Zoom, and like every time after Sheer, he would run away. So we got our hug, and the only guy I ever hugged since the beginning of Corona. So I'll be missing some days, which will be very hard. Once I landed here, my mind right away was looking at the clock and saying, when is the daf? And I also thought of complaining to United because their Wi-Fi, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I guess I'll be missing a few days, but can't wait to get back to the daf. I was excited to see that the 630 minion was reinstated, as I guess that will be my minion. Please learn, Lili Nishmas, Miriam Bashmul Shmelka, the Neshama should have an aliyah. Today's shir is being sponsored in honor of our wedding anniversary. Listen to this, it's beautiful what he writes here. And in honor of Rebelli Stefanski and his wonderful and amazing team who are creating such a tireless storm across the Jewish globe, seeing so many thousands of Eden of all types and stripes from all four corners of the world. He couldn't have said it any better. There's so many different types of people, it's unbelievable. Uniting together daily, either joining by Zoom or YouTube or Aldaf or Toranytime or our website or our app, learning the full daf or the eight-minute daf is just incredible. I added those four things. It's just incredible. Or in person, a true Kiddush Hashem. It's an honor and privilege to have a small chalik in this amazing achievement. A huge yeshikoyach to you. Keep up this amazing undertaking. Shlemi Sofer, you know Shlemi Shlemi from Yat Tomech, an amazing organization here in Bet Shemesh. All right, and Rabbi Sai, there's another one. Lilu Nishma Shmuel Aram ben Nosen Nota Hakoyen Shmuel Erez. Again, Lilu Nishma Shmuel Aram ben Nosen Nota Hakoyen Olavat Shalom. Okay, fine. Perfect. Rabbi said one more incredible email. I know we're running short on time. We started a couple minutes late, but I got to get this one in. I, I can't hold myself back. This is from a 19-year-old from Manchester. Hi, Rebelli Stefanski. I am a working 19-year-old in Manchester who works in a bakery. I've been at a yeshiva for three years, as learning all day is not for me. I went to the Sima Shas and got inspiration. My boss, Velvel, told me about your daf, that it's geschmack and that it's fun. So I gave it a try. And since then, I've almost never missed a day. My days feel different when learning the daf with you. I really enjoy it. This has made me learn every day. Sometimes in the bakery, I watch you while I'm working with my boss as a preview. And when I go home, I watch it again with a Gemara. So this is a kid that says learning is not for him all day, but he learns it once in the morning, once in the evening. But kids are, before you know it, this guy is going to be learning 12 hours a day. I can't believe I still do the daf every day. I can't wait to finish Shas all the way from Manchester, Benny Gittleson. Wow. Beautiful email. Shkoyach Benny. Um, the idea is, I guess, you know, a lot of people say learning is not for them, not for them. 
and you learn a daf and it, it goes well, and then take this to add a little bit, maybe 10 minutes. Don't push it. 10 minutes here. You see, he's learning so many months like this. A little bit more, a little bit more. You push it. All right. Fine. I guess I myself, what, into my 40s, I also thought I couldn't learn that many hours. It's not so posh. It's not as, not as easy as you think it is. Or as hard as you think it is. Calling the kuf. You hear that? Dafkuf, 100. 100. We're 99 daf into Mesech the Shabbos. Incredible. Mavish incredible. Where did all that time go? We're having so much fun. Omar Abaya, we're holding two, four, six, eight, nine lines down. Or eight lines down. Omar Abaya. Nusogyo. If you have a pit that's ten tfachim deep, and it's eight tfachim wide, and he threw into it a reed mat, chayev. Says Rashi, no chiddush at all. Although you might want to argue that there is some sort of chiddush, so Rashi is probably saying that this this uh, pit is not exactly ten tfachim. It's maybe ten and a half tfachim. You threw in a thin reed in there. Nothing happened to the pit. So obviously, if you're going to take something from Rishus Rabbim and put it into Rishus Hayachid, you are chayiv. Here comes the big chiddush. Chilko bemachatzeles potter. Rabbi say I had zero charts last night. Poor guys up there. I have at least eight, maybe one original, which is this, but the rest are all from last night, from 11 o'clock on. So here's your pit. You threw in a reed. Miraculously, it stood up on its end. And now it took away from the two pits. Instead of having eight tfachim, now you have less than two pits that are four tfachim. Each pit is 399 because the reed divides it. So a pit that, that's 399 is not four tfachim wide. It's not a pit. Potter. So if I throw something into either one of these pits, you're potter because this reed stands there as a mechitza and it takes away from the total area of the bar. Says the Gemara, according to Abayi, that was so posh. That by throwing a reed mat, it becomes part of the bar to, to be there for a while and Mamela takes away from the size of the bar. So certainly last night that we discussed the bar. That I throw in a bunch of dirt to the bottom. Question, does it become bottled to the bottom of the, of the pit or not? But dirt is something that is there to stay forever. So if a, if a mat, which I could use in my sukkah, is considered part of the pit, so certainly a bunch of dirt, and last night Rabbi Yochan had a question, whether or not dirt becomes part of the pit. So therefore, Rabbi Yochan is going to hold that it's not true what Abayah said, that if I throw a, re, um, a reed mat, into the, the pit, it, it's not be, it doesn't become bottle because he wasn't even sure if dirt becomes bottle. So certainly he knows for a fact that something that has more value than dirt is not going to become bottle. You have a pit full of water, and you threw something that's going to sink to the bottom like a stone, says Rashi, or even better yet, a bigger chiddush. You throw into it water. And water in water, we said, is zuyan al-chasan. Water, even though it moves and it floats, but that's where it is 
That's the Hanukkah for water, right on top of water, unlike other objects. Chayev. Mileo Peros, if you fill up a pit full of fruit, now the fruit are like dirt. If I fill up a pit full of dirt and I try to throw something on top of a filled bar, nothing happened. It's full of dirt. So what's the difference if I fill it up with dirt or fill it up with Peros? Now, Tysus immediately jumps in here and says, wait a minute. Last night we discussed Dvelo Shmena, a fat fig. We said it's not bottled to the wall. Why? Because you're going to go ahead and eat it. All of a sudden now these peros, says Tysus, yes, we're talking about like wheat. You want to store it for a lengthy time, for a nice amount of time, so you're going to be mvatala to the bar. Over there, the Dvelo the, Shmena, the, you're just playing a game, threw it on the wall, five minutes later you're going to take it off the wall and eat it. So therefore, Melea Peirois, if it's full of fruit, potter. It's as if you just threw something on top of a filled bar. Water does not create a bittle to the bar itself. Why? Because, yes, if you're going to throw something that's going to float on top of the bar, that's not a good idea. That's not going to work. But since you're throwing a stone, and it's going to sink to the bottom. So the Mayim didn't do anything. The water didn't accomplish anything. It didn't stop what you were doing. And therefore, so, where was I? So, Peirais, it's as if it's full water since it'll sink to the bottom. You are over. What's an ocean? As we're going to see later, we know an ocean has a halacha of El Carmelis. It's not a Rosh Hashayachid, it's not a Rosh Hashayachid, it's a Rosh Hashayachid called a Karmelis. So if I remove something, I take something, I throw from, I'm in the ocean, I throw it, Lisratya, Lisratya is a Rosh Hashayachid, it's a highway. We had these words actually in the beginning of the Masechta, both Lisratya and Yam. Umina Lisratya liyam Potter. So since I'm going from a Rosh Hashayachid, now I see the guys on Zoom, you see? So even though my computer's not open in front of me, I see them nice and clear. I see Shlomi Klein. Yishkoyach Shlomi Klein for the sponsorship. I spoke about you, I don't know if you heard, didn't hear. Now I finally see you, so I'll say Yishkoyach to you in person. So that's his day, Sunday. You see Shlomi Klein in the corner, the guy in the bottom right corner with the beard, because he's from Crown Heights. Not that everybody that's not in Crown Heights doesn't have a beard, but in Crown Heights specifically they have beards. Why? Because I'm going from a shus derabbanon to a rishus doiraisa. Doesn't you're not chayiv? It's a derabbanon rishus. Reb Shimon Oimer. So we're bringing it right to what we just said. So listen to this. Here's a very interesting case. It's surprising, but this is what Reb Shimon holds. Says Reb Shimon. You're in the middle of the ocean. Here's the ocean. In the middle of the ocean, you have a cutout that's 10 tfachim deep, 4 tfachim wide. All of a sudden, you have Rosh Hashanah smack in the middle of Rosh Hashanah Ah, it's full of water. It's in the bottom of the ocean bed. It's full of water. So what do you see from here? Water is not mevatel, your bar. You have a bar in the middle of Rosh How that works, go figure it out. He says, in the middle of, in the, middle of the ocean, you can have Rosh Hashanah Isn't the whole ocean some depth in a hole? No. A hole within an ocean is considered orshos hayachid. Oh, it's up there in case you want to. 
And in case you want to admire my art, the blue, the red, all at the different hours of the morning, Shkoyach. Says the Mishnah, Hazoreg, Arba, Amois, Bakoisel. So since we already had the sugya two or three times, here's the original. Here's the picture, in case you forgot what the sugya was. We had it yesterday twice, and we had it before that another time. So this is the fourth time that we're having the sugya. Do we have it yesterday twice? No, we had it once, and I mentioned that it's going to be in our Mishnah. If somebody is standing and throwing something at a wall, if he's above 10 tfachim, nothing happened. Why? Because what's the wall above 10 tfachim? It's not a Rishusarabim. Why? Because Rishusarabim goes up until 10 tfachim. So above 10 tefachim is not Rosh So what could it possibly be? Perhaps this, this area right over here is a, it's a Mokim Ptur if it's in Rosh Hashanah, but maybe it's a part of the Rosh Hashanah, I'll say. Part of Rosh No, it can't be part of Rosh because it doesn't extend outwards. It's a vertical surface, so it's not Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, Kizarik Ba'avir is as if it's suspended in the air. Nothing happened. It's in Mokim Ptur. L'matam tefachim, however, if it's below ten tefachim, kizarik baretz, it's as if you threw it on the ground. Hazarik baretz, and I pointed out yesterday that when the Gemara says this, the Gemara says v'hazarik baretz, it's a continuation. There's no comma over there. It's a not a comma, a, 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 a pause, a, a, a comma. Yeah, it is a comma. Hazarik baretz arba amoyz chayav, not a period, a comma. Hazarik baretz. So it's as if you threw it on the ground. And if you threw it on the ground for four hours, you're It never rested. You threw a ball at the wall, it bounced right back at you. So it never rested at the four ama point. We're discussing a juicy fig or a bunch of wet toilet paper. Same thing. New concepts. Every day, new concepts in halacha, new ideas. Today we're going to be learning a bunch of them, and one of them is chaykikim. So what happened? Here. Just uh, split it up a little bit. And Rashi brings this case, and the arts will bring this picture, and I added the blue and red, of course. If a guy has a doorway, the doorway has to be 10 tefachim by 4 tefachim wide. But what happens is that the doorway is arched. Thank you. So what do we do? According to Wamanda Omar, I do red. I pretend it's red. I pretend as if, since I have the area, I have the ability, I could take a chisel and chisel this out. So I, I, I view it halakhically as if it's chiseled out, and the doorway is in fact 10 by 4 square, without the arch. So what does that have to do with us? So in our case, very similar. A guy threw something into a very small hole in the wall. In blue, forget the red. But the small hole in the wall doesn't have four tfachim. And in order for it to be Rosh Hashanah, it has to be four tfachim wide. Chaykikim, says Rameir. I, I cut out whatever the red is on the left side of that picture right there. Oh, very nice, Mordechai. Look at that. Look what he's doing. He's showing you with the mouse. Do it again so Gary could see. Okay, you get a raise. He's getting a raise today. What, what, what device do you want today? <laughs> a new computer he wants. Okay. Maybe, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where do you think he got it from? Why, why don't you say the same thing with the boys on the Mishkan? That when they were kicked right up to the top, they don't 
What, what difference would it make halachically if it's a box or not? No. The only difference we had over there is the, how did the ureas fit on it? How did it fit? We said that if it, if it was tapered, he's asking about the, the crushing of the Mishkan. How come we don't say chaykikim? You're talking about if it, there's two manor. One manor says it was a rectangle, one manor says it went on an angle. The only difference we had was that if it's on an angle and you lay them down nicely on a wagon, then you have tremendous gaps between board and board where it's on an angle because it's very narrow over here. So that would be an open rishasarabim, no, no, no rooftop. That fits very well into the Gemara. The other man, the Omer, had a little problem, so we had to say they made stacks. But I, I don't see that it would make a big enough kamina in, in Krushim. What else do we have there? We had also... He wants to cut out the Krushim and make it on an angle. I don't know why. How would it help us? Why are we pretending it was here to make somebody cut? So it's a new concept. It's a concept of Chaykikim. Why? I don't know. That's, that's what Ramey holds. Chaykikim. Zorak, well, we say this Metzias, we say it to, to make a mezuzah. Mezuzah, you understand it works. Well, you have a question on a mezuzah also. What? The arch. Yeah, it works for an arch. I need a 10 tfachim by 4 tfachim opening. I don't have, because there's an archway. I pretend that I have it like the red outline. The red doesn't exist. It's the blue that exists. So my mezuzah, mezuzah. For mezuzah works, so it should work over here also. Fell into a hole. You carve it out to, to, to fill in the gap. What's the matter? I know wants to say something. Okay. Now I hear you. What's going on? Noam's on Zoom, if anybody's wondering. Yeah? You guys have turned around and watch him ask the question. Yeah? Don't you say the parameters of Chokikim and when you don't? If you throw something into a board that's Gimel's Fakim, would Rumeir say then you're Chokik another type of $90? No way. No way. Right. So, exactly. So, what are the parameters of Chokikim? I hear. I don't know. It's a good Shiloh. When do you say it? When don't you say it? Maybe that's what Lauren was asking as well. You have already a hole. Over there, it's different. You have the hole, you're expanding the hole. You're not going deeper. You're not taking the object deeper. What you're saying is you should take the object deeper to a different place. That you don't do. You're just pretending that it's wider. You're pretending the doorway is wider. You're not moving the mezuzah anywhere. You're keeping the mezuzah where it is. You're just saying that that opening has the ability. So you're asking that in a bar that's not 10 tefachim, you could, should pretend that it's 10, but that would take the object downwards. I don't know. I don't know. Good child. Hold on. Menachem has, a, has some sort of answer. What? What? What are you saying? Or if you have a ten fucking deep and not solid wide. Say like it. Obviously it doesn't work there. The question is why. Yeah, what are you saying? We're talking about a wall. We're not talking about the ground. We're talking about a wall. Both cases looking at yeah. a wall. Also by the mezuzah. So why? Why a wall? Yeah, we have to say that we're talking about a wall that's already four fucking wide. It has that four fucking within it. The hole doesn't have four fucking. Okay, but what's the, he's asking, what's the difference between a wall and a bar? A bar also has dirt on it, and you can remove the dirt. No, a bar is in the ground. Yeah, so? Okay, 
You have to understand this. I don't understand exactly what you're saying, but he wants to be mechalik between a bar and a wall. A, a, a wall is man-made, so he could, the guy forgot, he made an arch, he forgot to take out some stones, but a bar is part of the ground. That's what he's saying. When we learn the same exact thing, great. So, I had a property in Indianapolis, which I sold already, Baruch Hashem. And uh, I used to go there all the time. Every week I would go there sometime in the beginning for a few days. I would sleep there. It was part of my large property I once spoke about. But it was a couple hundred units. And I walk into this property one day, and there's a in the Eugen, they say. Black in my eyes. What happened? I show, show up there. They built, without asking me, a ramp. Because the, the, the guy comes out. He says, the ADA says you need a 12-inch rise for every inch. For every inch rise, you need a 12-inch ramp. So kids are, the, the staircase is, let's say, you know, six feet up. So six times 12 times 12. The kids are a ramp that was like 100 feet long. They built a ramp. It cost thousands and thousands of dollars, and it made the whole property ugly because it snaked around and around until the wheelchair. Because the guy wanted to rent, and the ADA says you need to have a ramp. So the kids are, there's a musig of having the proper angle for the rise. I think the ADA says it has to be, for every inch that you go off the ground, your, your ramp has to be a foot. You can't just go like this. You go here to the Revivim, you'll see some buildings, they built something for the stroller, it's like this. You go down, you have to like run down and make sure your baby doesn't. There has to be a proper thing. Says the Gemara on the reverse. If it's so steep that it goes up 10 tfachim. Here, where's a good picture? I should have a picture here. Maybe. Oh, yeah, here, in the beginning. So, Mordechai, it's all the way in the beginning. I doubled up. I was being cheap on the paper. Here, tell him it's like It goes upwards. Four amas, ten tfachim. So this is steep. So we're going to consider that steepness a wall, a vertical wall. If it was, if let's say it took, Rashi says, let's say it took five amas to get to ten tfachim, it wouldn't work. This halacha wouldn't work. The reason why I'm saying that this is considered a wall for Shusha Rabbim is because it went up so quickly. Four amas, three amas, two amas, one. If it's a really steep incline like this, four amas, the tenth fachim, that's considered a vertical wall. It would be five amas, it would be less steep than we would, that's a normal pitch on a, on a street or whatever. That doesn't create a wall. If you're walking up a mountain, you're walking up I alone. That, uh, you're not walking up a wall, you're walking up a nice incline. This is a very steep incline. So because it's a steep incline, we consider it halakhically a wall. It doesn't have to be four. That's exactly the idea. It doesn't have to be four by four. Since I have four amas over here, and it's, ten, it's as if I have a wall, it's as if I have a tenth fachim by four by four. What? What do you mean? Where? Oh, a, a sukkah wall. Maybe, maybe a ten tefachim wall by four. Why not? And you, your sukkah's in here? Your sukkah's on this side, right over here? From here on? Why not? Then it's, a, then it's cut. It's a wall. Oh, this side. Oh, this side. So then you have a wall over here. Uh, you mean you have a nice mountain on the outside? I don't know. Okay. 
trust me, we have enough to figure out over here before we jump into Krushim and Sukkot. Everybody, this side of the room is busy with wood and Sukkot. Fine. Here, yeah, okay. Because you have a proper wall. Same halacha would be with a mavoi. So it could be two ways. Your mavoi, your alleyway between the houses that goes right into Rosh Hashanah, his Rosh Hashanah. So typically we say that a mavoi requires a lechi or a kaira. You have to make a distinction so people don't walk out of the mavoi straight into Rosh Hashanah. So that it could carry in the mavoi, you put up a pole, a lechi, that's tefach, or a kaira, a beam going horizontally. A vertical or horizontal beam. But now you don't need it. Why? Because now you have a wall. It's as if you have a wall separating between Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara just says it doesn't matter what way, whether the, this incline goes from the Mavi into Rosh Hashanah or from the Rosh Hashanah into the Mavi downwards into the, into the Mavi. The only difference is that in this case, Rashi points out that there's like a little step. There's like a half a ama before it starts going downwards. Why he says it's not 100% clear, maybe that's, that was the derech. You know, you don't want to, like, in Rosh Hashanah, all of a sudden have a, a steep ramp. Because this is a very steep ramp. So people will be walking in, and all of a sudden they disappear into the mavi. They roll down, you know. Where's my kid? Well, down there. So they have a little bit of a, of a half ama ledge. Yeah. Like a swimming pool. Just only adjacent to the Rosh Hashanah. Vinasa, in other words, it's right there equal to the Rosh Hashanah. Vinasa, modern Rosh Hashanah, it's higher than the Rosh Hashanah. So there's a steep, you want to go into the Mavim from the Rosh Hashanah, you have to go upwards. Vinasa, modern Rosh Hashanah. Oi, Shavel, Rosh Hashanah, Vinasa, modern Rosh So on this word, Shavel, Rosh Hashanah, Rashi says the chat is probably that there was a little bit of a lip there, there's a little bit of a ledge. Vinasa, Midra, in the Toychai. It's lower than the Rosh Hashanah. So you have to go downwards. And Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel explains, Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel Oimer, tell him islaket asor b'toich arba v'zorak v'noch agabov chayov. So we're talking about this midroin has this type of rise to whatever it's called. I forgot the word already. The, the rise over the run. Thank you. Beautiful. The rise over the run. You hear? Ah, now it makes less. The rise over the run. The rise over the run has to be Four amas and ten tefachim. To ten tefachim high. Says the Mishnah, Zorak letoich dalet amois galgil chutz dalet amois potter. You throw an object. You throw, let's say, a frisbee. You throw it two amas. You had no intent to throw it four amas. You threw it two amas. Comes the wind and picks it up and gives it more distance. And it happened to travel four amas. Potter. See, I know your name is not Leslie, so I'm not going to call you Leslie. Uh, Unoch, Avi Rosen, Dr. Shamroth. Dr. Shamroth, he sends regards to Menachem, and Menachem's son is here, your anical is here. Ah, Nachas. Who? Robert Liebman from Toronto. I don't see him, but Shalom Aleichem, wherever you are. So he threw a frisbee four amas. He should be over. What happens is the, the wind comes and takes the frisbee and brings it back towards him. 
What should be the major question on this line? You hear the, you hear the case? I take a frisbee, I threw it 10 amas. Chayev. Why? Even though the wind came and blew it right back at me. Chayev. Why Chayev? Okay, but what happened more than that? What happened to Hanacha? What? But it never landed. It's in midair. It never landed. Ask the Gemara, How can it be Chayev without landing? I'm telling you, these sugis are full, full. Every line has something gishmak to it. We should have made a big dance in a simcha. And tomorrow, even though it's a hundred, but it's the, the daf is kufal. So lose a little bit of the thing. It says Rabbi Yechon like this. We're talking about within three tefachim, as, as uh, the Pirush Chai illustrates so beautifully. And if you look over here, you see the blue is the way it traveled. The red, all of a sudden there's a swirl of wind, and caught it in mid-air, and it stopped short in mid-air. So it makes a U-turn. At that point of the U-turn, it didn't just go in a nice 180. It stopped short, it hesitated, and then went right back. That hesitation in mid-air, within three tfachim of the ground, is considered ha'anacha. What? Yeah. No, no, I just did the colors. The purish chai did everything in black. So I wanted to emphasize the red swirl. That's all we do, my friend. In this kind of sugi, you want to start talking about other stuff. Says the Gemara Tani Namehachi, Zorak chutz l'dalad amois, u'dchofatu aruach. He threw it more than four amois, and the wind came and pushed it right back at him, v'chinsatoi, and pushed it back into the four amois. V'avav v'shachazor v'tziatoi, potter. He's potter. Even though when afterwards it came back, the wind played games with it. It went out of four amas, came back in, went back out, potter. But if the wind grabbed it for a split second, it was in midair. We're, not talking, we're probably not talking about a baseball and a football. Something lighter, like a, a frisbee is a good idea. Okay, fine, a frisbee. Boom, a boomerang is different because over there it's different intent also. That's why I didn't want to say boomerang. Even though it came all the way back to him, Chayev. Says Rava. Rashi says he's coming to say two things. Number one, we don't say the concept of Kluta Kemishun Chodamia, even though it's within three Tfachim. It's not Kluta. Second of all, Says Rashi, an amazing chiddush that we're going to learn later on. I think it's tomorrow. Uh, I think it was tomorrow. No? I think it's tomorrow. But anyway, this idea that if you throw a ball, you had no idea that it's Shabbos, and then you realize in mid-flight that it's Shabbos, you become amazed, even though you didn't throw it now, you threw it before when you didn't know, you become amazed to the point that you cannot bring a carbon. Says Rava, you do bring a carbon. Even if it's within three tfachim of the ground, Rava says, you bring one, why? Sorry. You don't bring one, according to, to Rava, because you, you realize before, before it rested. And according to Rabbanon, you're chayev. Why? Because it rested before, before it landed, in other words, by, by three tefachim. Fine, another halacha. We'll get to there tomorrow, hopefully. 
in two days, he says. Okay, two days. Turn the Amod. Isn't that our Mishnah? Rabbi Yochanan says that it has to rest on something. It's not enough that it should be within three Tvachim. If Rabbi Yochanan held, when they asked him a question, right, I asked you the question. How is Yechayev, this, this, this frisbee left, but never landed anywhere, came right back to you? So he says, Pshat, oh, the, the wind held it up in mid-air. Just say, it did rest. You know how? It, it went really close to the ground, within three Tvachim. That's considered resting. And then it came back. But he doesn't say that, because he doesn't hold that within three Tvachim. He holds like Rava, that even though it's within three Tvachim, it's nothing. Omerlei, you can't prove anything from Rabbi Yechrin's case. You're talking about a very windy day. And the wind is playing games with the frisbee. So that's a whole different story. You don't know where it's going to rest. It doesn't have a trajectory. It's not going over here and it's going to land over here. It's going over here, all of a sudden comes back. Since it's going in a specific place. And we know where it's going to land. I would say that in that case, Rabbi Yochanan holds that since it's within three Tfachim, and we know every single time you throw a baseball, at this velocity, it's going to land right over here. So three, a couple feet beforehand, it's within three tefachim of the ground. Rabbi Yochan should admit that that's considered on the ground already. Nafkemina, like Rashi said, if he realized before it landed that, it's, that he's amazed, that, that, he, that it's Shabbos, and turns into amazed, it doesn't turn into amazed. No, Kamash Malan, no matter what, Rabbi Yochanan, Rava, they hold that within three tefachim of the ground, doesn't mean anything. It has to literally land, or like Rabbi Yochanan says, hold up in the air, hover in the air in one spot like a helicopter, like a drone, and then you're chayiv. Says the Mishnah, if you throw an object into the ocean, four amas, you're potter. Why? Uh, uh, ocean is a caramelous. So you're potter. If there was a giant puddle in the middle of the Rishusarabim, but everybody walks through it, it's considered a part of the Rishus Rabbim. So there's a puddle in the Rishus Rabbim, but it's a puddle. It's a Rishus Rabbim. How deep is this puddle? It has to be less than 10 Tvachim. Like we had that picture in the middle of the ocean, Rabbi Shimon says that 10 Tvachim is considered Rishus Rabbim. Certainly over here in Rishus Rabbim it would be considered, well, Rashi doesn't say, Rashi doesn't say Rishus Rabbim. Rashi says Carmelis. Other Rishonim say it's Rishus Rabbim. Shiloh why Rashi calls it a caramelist. Rekak mayim, urshus harabim mahaleches boy. Word for word almost. Hazorik bitoychai, there's a base here instead of litoychai. Dalaram is chayiv. Literally, the Mishnah just repeats itself. It's almost like a theme in this daf. Everything is repeated from different sugis that we had before. Amalayahu, the Gemara is going to explain why. Amalayahu, Mirabban al Rabba. Bishloim, hiluch, hiluch, trezimne. The reason why it says the word hiluch. Twice. Remember, we had the sugya also in the beginning of Shabbos, literally also word for word. If people, it's inconvenient for them to walk, you'll, you'll remember this sugya when we get a few more lines. If it's inconvenient for them to walk, it's still considered Rosh Rabbim. If people use this inconveniently, there's a pit that's nine fachim deep, and a guy uses it. <clears throat> Avi, I don't see anything here from you. But okay, fine. Nothing. 
sitting right next to me. I still don't get anything. Pick up your thing or something. Come on. My Zoom friends are falling asleep. Besides, Devir Nedwin, he's very into it. All right. So if I use this pit that's only nine fucking deep and I, I force myself to use it, it's not. What? It's not considered Shusur Rabbin. Ella, Rekak, Rekak, Trey, Zimne, Lamali. Why does the Mishnah say the same exact thing, Rekak, twice? What's the Chiddush? Says the Gemara, three, three roots. Chad bi Moisachama, Vechad bi Moisachshamim. One is talking about in the summer, one is talking about in the winter, Utsrichi. The Torah Chad, Havamino, we had this Gemara, Mamish, word for word, Havamino bi Moisachama. Davidinch, the Mazgila, Kurin of Shayu, people in the summer, they'll walk through a nice giant puddle. Why? You see this in New York. Uh, in the rest of the world, probably not. But they open up the fire hydrants in the Rosh Hashanah and all these kids, not all, but a lot of these kids, they go and they jump in the Rosh Hashanah because they, they have to cool themselves down. But who's going to go into a nice puddle in the middle of the winter when it's snowing? Their boots are so muddy, what do they care to walk into the puddle? And then I said the story about Rav Khanam Wasserman, that he, he, he knocked on the guy's side door, and the guy started yelling at him, what are you knocking on my side door? He said, because I have my muddy boots. He says, you come with me right now to the front door. And he took him through his whole house and stuffed him through the carpet. He said, my whole life I taught my kids, that we don't care about mud. And then, then at the end of the story, it says that all these kids, all these kids became Tamil Chacham. This guy, anyway, Abaye Omar. Remember, you don't remember this? Abaye Omar Itzrich. Another pshat, pshat number two. Maybe if the puddle is so large, it's four four amos wide. People will go around it, and therefore it's not part of the Rishus Rabbim. No matter how wide it is, people go through it as Rishus Rabbim. Third pshat. Now it's very interesting. What are you going to say? Dalid, Arba, or Arba? Huge nafkemina. So you say Arba, Fort Fachim. It almost makes sense because if it's Fort Fachim, the Gemara says, A person could jump over Fort Fachim puddle. Now if you go Arba, like in Amos, unless you're in the NBA, how do you jump over an eight foot puddle? It's very difficult to jump over. You're, you're going to land in, in the puddle usually. You think you could jump over it, but you're going to land in it, and then it's part of the Jerusalem. That's why they don't want to be goyrus here. Arba, like we said a second ago. By me, my Gemara says a dalid. So it's, you figure it out. It could be Arba or Abba, but on the side he says the Rishash and the whole thing. Fine. Oh, it says by me Arba here. Mifsi Pasile. So I was with my family in France, and our good friend, who was with us? The Golds, the Golds, not you, not, not Noam. So Ehrenfeld took us to uh, France and Italy. You have to go over the border into Italy, and over there, a genius guy invented something, massive mountains, and he took cables from mountain to mountain, four cables, two on the bottom, two on the top. You hold on to the top cables, and there's like little steps made out of cable, and you walk through, but you have a harness. So your mom is safe. And then all of a sudden a wind comes and you go like this. You're hundreds and hundreds of feet above there. Everybody's crying. Okay, fine. Almost everybody. I am a pilot. I jumped out of planes and I was scared. I was actually scared. I'm depending on this guy's little cable. See, at least a parachute I know works, but this guy's cable, and it's like 
and my wife wasn't having a good day there, <laughs> my, my five-year-old that I decided to bring along with us. Not a great idea. Anyways, if you go there, it's kishmak, but don't, don't bring your wife and kids. Do it yourself. Says the Gemara, so th this is what happened here. A guy built a bridge. Here's the bridge. Not hundreds of feet above the, these Alps. We're talking about in the Alps. From side to side in the Alps. Two Alps. The guy took two Alps. It takes 45 minutes to cross this thing. That's how long it is. Anyway, so on the bridge, there's a step in the bridge. You can see in red, it doesn't belong with the other steps. It's either loose or there's a gap there. It's not part of it. So what happens is people don't like stepping on it because if they step on it, they feel they're going to fall into the water. Not a good idea. They don't want to fall into the water. So they usually step around it and over it. And therefore, he says, Mechaev, Sharei Rabin Boykinboy. At the end of the day, if you throw something on it, you are Chayev. So, yeah, people step over it, like this puddle. People jump over it, but you're still Chayev. It's still part of it. Still part of the bridge, the puddle is still part of Rosh Hashanah. What are you smiling? What happened? You were there, you have what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'll show you pictures, you'll see videos. People were saying, Kriyashma, Vidui, the whole thing. If you throw something from the sea, which is what? No, 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 we're going to go on a gishma, a fun trip. You mean when the, when the uh, cruise stops, by the safari, we should make it like a stop in Italy. I hear. When, if you throw something from the ocean, which is what? A caramelous. Which is what? Not a caramelous. Okay, so you're going from the Rabbana to the Raisa, or Minayam la Svino. A Svino is a Rushusayachid. So you're going from the caramelous to Rushusayachid. From a boat, a, a ship, to the ocean, from Rushusayachid to a caramelous. And from one ship to the other, which is a Rushusayachid to Rushusayachid. So if you own both of them, Givaldic. If you don't own both of them, so you need an Erev Chatzeros, Potter. You're not Chayev. Now, Svinas Kshuzulazu, if they're literally, so what does Potter mean? Potter Avalasar. But if you want to transfer things from one ship to the other, Svinas Kshuzulazu, Metadam Zulazu, you could carry from one to the other if they are tied. In Menek Shurois, Avavishim Mukafis, even though they're very close, E Metadam Zulazu, you don't carry from one to the other. Itmar, Svino, Ravuno, Omar, Ziz, Koshu, So here's a beautiful machlaikis. A guy needs to, to drink water. Not such a great idea in the ocean, but maybe he wants to use it to wash dishes. Maybe he's not on the ocean, maybe he's on a lake. So what does he do? It's Shabbos. So he takes out, he, he pushes out, he has a rod. And this is his water area. So every time he wants to draw water from the ocean, from the river, from the lake, he goes to that rod. It's a Heker Baalma. They say no. It's not good enough to make a stick. You have to have a four by four area. And what does this do? Halachically, we have something. Where's Yeshua? Where is he? Oh, it's fine. He's not here. It's his favorite sugya and sukkah. The concept of good aches mechitzta. So these, these pieces of wood could go down halachically all the way down to the ocean. And therefore, I have an enclosed area for Tzvachim, my own Rosh and I draw water from the water, from the, from the sea. Imaginary. The good achas is imaginary. No, no, no. This is real. Very, very real. You make a frame. But a frame, it's like lovud. Only you go much further down, good achas. It keeps on going. 
goes down until it hits the water. Where's the Carmelis? On the seabed, on the bottom of the ocean. How much does the Carmelis extend? Just the same amount as the Rabin, which is 10 Tvachim. Some of these oceans are, are thousands of feet deep. So you're way, way above the Carmelis. You're in a Mokim Ptur. So you're already at the Mokim Ptur. You don't even need a stick sticking out. You put a little note on it, water drawing right over here. You don't need that. So people should say, listen, this is a hacker. I'm drawing, I'm doing, uh, it's beheter, it's more to do it like this. No, where does the Kamalist start? Not in the bottom of the ocean, but on top of the ocean, on top of the water. So I view the water like ground, like dirt. And if I don't do this trick of building my frame, Yeshua, what is it called when you take the mechitza and you go all the way downwards with it? Huh? Love it, what else? Huh? Good? Very good. Good asset, good achis. So I need to make a 4 by 4 Otherwise I'm carrying from a caramel. You can't do that with Chathila. It's potter. What if I'm traveling with a ship and I don't have 10 Tfachim? If the bottom, if it goes by the bottom of the ocean, sometimes the ocean doesn't have ten tefachim. I mean, I don't remember when that story was. Just recently, you know, one of the cruise ships went went uh, went onto the island, the whole Mysa, No, a cruise ship doesn't come anywhere close to the to, to, to something that's ten tefachim. It's a massive ship. We're not talking about a rowboat. We're talking about a ship. I had to do this, but I, I went clean on this. The Titanic, yeah, everybody's familiar. It has a little bit of a mursha. It sticks out. This part, yeah, what is this? This is the, the front of the Titanic. The, the, no, the, the, it's called something else. The troll, whatever, I don't know what it's called. Whatever, the, call it the bow. Call it whatever you want. The what? The prow? That's it, that's what it's called, the prow. The prow juts out much further than the bottom of the ship. The bottom of the ship is over here. So perhaps... Yes, a ship doesn't go where you don't have ten tefachim. But this part maybe does. Says the Gemara, I don't know what's going on here. You have these guys with long sticks that are filling. So I don't think this, this thing was traveling 35 miles an hour. It's going, you know, but maybe it was close to the shore, so they're really going slow. And they have a guy feeling around. So they never get to a situation where they would bump into a ground to, to the water that is in less than 10 tfachim deep dirt. And Mamela, I don't have an issue. Have a wonderful day. Huh? Yeah, the Titanic.